Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. To another episode of Ask Eliza Anything. Today in the studio, we have some wisdom. We've imported some wisdom, some life lessons learned, embodied by none other than Joey Diaz. Uncle Joey, how are you? Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, some some of you know him by mad flavor, Joey Coco Diaz. Uncle Joey, he's uh, a stalwart uh, fixture at the comedy store. And, and I thought of you, and I was like, if anyone's going to give life advice... It's going to be Uncle Joey. Yeah, I hit you up. I always check in with you You're every so week. You're so sweet. I always check in with my girls. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want no sex. I just want to make sure you know <laughs> I got you. Especially with, especially with female comics. You have to, uh, I treat them like nieces and daughters. Yeah. Because someday my daughter's going to be old and she's going to come to you and say, Eliza, Hopefully she I want to do stand-up. Oh. No, and you're going to go, no. No. But your dad was very sweet to me, so. Yes. What is it that you need or want from me? Right. Know? What can I what can I do? So for you? I treat female comics. I know that there's always this big thing about they're not getting enough spots and this. If I could take a female comic with me on the road, I would. And I hate I hate even saying the word female comic. You're yeah. a fucking comedian. That's it. End of story. End of fucking story. End of fucking story. For sure. Um but I also think, you know, you're like if I could take you take whoever you take because they're funny. Yes. And that's what it is. Um Spots thing, I always tell women, go start your own show. I did it. I started my own show. Where at? Oh, my God. It doesn't even exist anymore. When I started stand-up, I went to a bar. It was called the Cat Club. It's now Rock and Riley on Sunset. You would never go. And I said, what's your worst night? And they said Tuesday. And I said, can I do a comedy show here? And I did it because I wasn't getting spots. And then you have something to trade. You can't expect people are just going to roll over and be like, okay, take my spot. And you have to, you got to grit it out. So that's, uh, I'm not saying that it's easy for women, but you've got to take no prisoners. I was at the improv one night, and it was the small room. Mm-hmm. It had to be about seven months ago. Uh-huh. It was the smaller room. Uh, it's a lobby, but they call it the lab, folks. The lab. <laughs> and you were up there just fucking going off, and I was howling. And you were talking about that, you know, being a female comic isn't as hard as putting up with male comics. They try to fuck you in the ass. They try, you were just going that. off. You were going off like you were like they breathe heavy. <laughs> they do all this shit, and I was sitting in the back, and uh, you left. I didn't get a chance to see you and laugh and give you a hug and stuff. But it was so weird. None of the things you said you were lying. Thank you. Like you weren't lying. Like the right. five uh, first years of being a comic. It's hard for everybody. It's brutal. But it's brutal for women. Sure. Every creep comes out of They smell a six-month female cop. Do you want me to help you write jokes? Yeah. Do you, you want to come over to my house and we can watch the videos? And you're like, what the fuck? But I forget what the bit was. But you were absolutely right. I, I think 
I, I definitely didn't say, uh, that's hilarious, you try to fuck me in the ass, but I definitely, it was just about, ta- I think the joke you're talking about is take all the insecurities of the worst person you've ever met and put them with the temperament of a fifth grader, these are my colleagues. These are my colleagues, you're right. And so, of course, there are great comics and there are shitty comics, but it is that thing as a girl where you're like, I mean, I always, I mean, we're at the store all the time and there are some comics who I've known my whole career and I'm like, does that person hate me? Like, and sometimes I feel left out, and I'm like, all I can do is my set and leave. And leave. And that's why I don't hang out, because I don't have time for uh, personal drama. How many years have you been a regular at the store for now? About 10 years. 10 years. That's crazy. What about you? uh, 20. Wow! And you've seen... Like, I remember going to the store when nobody would go to the store. Yeah. Like, you would call in on a Tuesday and go, how many people in the original room? Right. And they'd say seven. And you'd go, you know what? Just take me off the list. Just take me off the list. But if you did that, Mitzi would get pissed at you. So you were there for that. I was there for that whole thing. The hot room was the union run by Ahmed Ahmed. Comedy union? No. Like Pico? The union. Oh. It was next to, where did Dane become a star? Oh. On um, Sunset, across from... The pink taco. It was before my time, but it was it had like an Irish name. Yeah. Well, Jesus next Christ. to it was the union. Right. And I met a man and Vince Vaughn ran it oh. in 1997. Wow. Vince Vaughn had a girlfriend who was into comedy, and her and I met a man ran it on Tuesday night. So the hot spot on Tuesdays was I met Ahmed's because the comedy store was oh my God. A Fat Tuesday. Uh-huh. And it would just be a bunch of black comedians and, and women pushing the waitresses. Yeah. So the white comics were scared to go up there. So they would not call in for Tuesdays. Wow. Because there was such a, a, a an overflow. There'd be 500 people in the main room. Right. Industry, the whole thing. So the big night was Ahmed Ahmed's on Tuesday. And hmm. then you would call the store and they're like, we're canceling the show in the original room. We got nothing. Thank God. Thank God. Now look at it. They now even, it's every night. Every night there's 90 people at the, the at 9 o'clock when they open. I can't work out. I can't go just s- no. sift through a premise because there's people that came. They're like, we've seen Joe Rogan's podcast and Mark Marin, and we're all here for a real show. And you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll just do what I did on TV and not grow. No, we're here from Australia. We're, yeah, we flew we ju- here just for this. We plan vacations around the comedy store. It's true. And we stay at the standard and we do the things <laughs> in the daytime. But at night, they buy tickets for the store. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I was at a Dodger game Monday night, and the guy in front of me was from Liverpool. And he turned around, and he goes, my wife wants to go to some fancy restaurant, but I'll see you tomorrow night at the store. Wow. And Thursday. Yeah. He goes, I, I bought tickets for Tuesday. It's a destination. Thursday. It's a destination. To the point where, like, I didn't feel great last night, and my spot was at 945, and I was like, all right, maybe I'll cancel. And then I got these tweets. People were like, we flew from whatever to see you. Yeah, you're now, done. obviously, they're here for maybe some other things, but I'm like, how can I just cancel because I'm not feeling great or because I just had, like, a weird day? You have to go. You have to show People up. counting on you. I had the same thing last oh, night. Oh, I'm sure you do. Oh, I had the same thing because the baby was having, like, we were watching Ice Age, <laughs> and she was like into it, and she was having me. And all of a sudden, I go, "I gotta go to work." And she goes, "Really? Really, Dad?" And she grabbed my foot, and I'm like, <gasps> "And then as I went in the shower, she followed me, <laughs> and she's like, are you gonna wear your purple shirt?'" <gasps> You got to wear your purple shirt because people like when you wear your purple shirt, Daddy. Oh, my God. And then I got out of the shower, and she, as creepy as it was, she <laughs> waits for me on the bed, helps me put my socks on, and then she went in and she goes, Daddy, you need a bracelet. Aww. And she went and she made the star bracelet, and when she put it on me, it broke. <laughs> so me, at, it's 9 o'clock, and I'm on my hands and knees with no glasses, stringing a bracelet together. <laughs> With her. So this is my life before I leave. This is... And I can't look at her lies and go, Mercy, I got to go to work. You got to knock it off. Yeah. She would not understand. Of course not. I have to give her the attention she deserves. So I had to put the bracelet together. And then we tried to tie it around oh my, my thing. And it wouldn't fucking fit. <laughs> and she had a shit. And she goes, so, Daddy, I got it. Tomorrow during crafts, I'm going to take a string and tie it, And I'll make it big for you so you can wear it on stage. And the girls will see 
that I, you, I already have a daddy and that they can't have you. Oh my and I'm God. like, holy shit. So I got to get in the car with that thought in my mind. It's yeah. 20 to 10. I got to go down and say pussy and fuck yeah. you. Yeah, no one has any idea that you just went through this. Nobody has any idea that I just, you know, it's like I, I do a podcast with you. I meet you for coffee and we're talking and we're talking about fuck and this and that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I got to go pick her up and say prayers at dinner. Yeah. She says prayers. Yeah. And the bracelet. And I just sit there going like, if she knew the thoughts. going The filthy going thoughts through going through your head. Before about stabbing somebody. <laughs> and here I am. You know, you got Stabbing. cut off at the 405. I'll fucking stab you. And here I am <laughs> with this five-year-old girl that, you know, daddy, put your hands together. Yeah. You know, you have to put your hands together. Close your eyes. And I'm like, oh, I have this yin and yang type yeah. of lifestyle that is just so... It keeps you normal, though, because when you have both, then it keeps you somewhere in the middle. I also, as you're telling me the story about this little girl, I'm like, oh, it doesn't change. I would make friendship bracelets for boys I dated in my late 20s. I'm like, you're wearing this now. Now everyone knows I made this for you. And the lack of uh, awareness of time. Like, you're trying to leave. She's like, wait, we've got to fix this. I do that. Every guy goes through it. Like, come on, let's go. You're like, wait, I'm not done. We're, we're just different playing fields, different planes of existence. She will be forever uh, unaware of your timeline. She does not know I do stand You know what? Up. She probably does know and doesn't give a fuck. No. She's like, we're going to fix this bracelet. Yeah, she doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't know. She doesn't know what it is. If I'm on the computer, right, she'll just kick the door in, and I'll tell her, like, don't you knock. Where is he? And she'll just come over and just sit on my leg. Aww. Like, she doesn't give a fuck what I'm writing, yeah. what I'm reading, who I'm on the phone with. And she goes, Daddy, let's watch Superhero High. So I'll sit there. You don't know yeah. how many times I sit there and go, I just threw away an hour of my life watching, watching Superhero this. High, but you can't get this hour back. No. I can't get this hour back with her. This means more to her oh. than me spending, like I saw DJ Khalid bought his kid like a $40,000 watch. But he probably goes away for three weeks at a time. Also, you're an idiot. So like, fuck you. I don't get that. I don't get the money with the time. Time is more important. You know, at night I color with her. We both are making a newspaper now. Oh. So we stapled paper together and we make newspapers. That's adorable. So we write ads and, you know, I told you. It sounds very cathartic. Yeah, it's this very therapeutic. I want this. It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. It's cathartic. Um, so here's the thing. So... Because this sounds like you're a well-rounded man. You've got your stabbing fantasies at night, and then during the day, you've got your precious little girl. And somewhere in there, you must have some life advice for people. Yes. You must. Absolutely. Because you're like like an ancient, wizened tortoise. 55, ancient. Ready to go. 82 in cocaine years. <laughs> so I'm 55 in regular years. So. All right, so here's a question for, oh, Jesus, that one's a, Sometimes people write in really sad, tough things and the objective of this podcast is to bring some levity to life. Uh, so we're going to start with an easy one, then we'll do a hard one. Michael underscore heart 130 says, I really like this girl, but I've heard she's a bit of a hoe. What should I do? Now, I hate this guy. What's your take? My take is this. <laughs> Guys always have this thing about, I like this girl, but she's sucked 20 dicks. How am I going to bring her to the party? She's blown everybody at the fucking party. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, man, love is love. And one day you get over that. You ever meet people that are married to, like, an ex-hooker? And no. You go, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, I, I did myself, Jason Tebow, Duncan Trussell, and maybe another comic. Uh -huh. When uh, Remember, what was the guy that would go to bars and make you show him your tits? And then he'd take a picture of you, and he made videos. Girls Gone Wild. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right around the time before you got to the store, this we're talking about 98, 99, a guy made a video in Beverly Hills. He took me, Jason, Duncan, maybe some other comics, uh -huh. gave us 2000 apiece, and he brought us to this backyard barbecue. I mean, you know, catered, very well-rounded, tuxedos, uh -huh. and people, we were doing stand-up while people had sex. On the side of the pool. Oh and I'll never God. forget this one guy that showed up, and he, like, showed up, he, and he undressed his wife. And he's like, I don't know if you guys know this. My wife is the best piece of pussy here. And guys would just come over and fuck his wife in front of him. And he would go, what did I tell you? Have you ever had a puss piece of pussy like that? You know, like, that guy was proud of his wife. He continued to date his wife. There was love there. 
So if a girl is a hoe, maybe she made a mistake somewhere along the line. Yeah. And <laughs> she found love with you and you overlooked that. Because it's just physical. It's not what's in your heart. But also, like, define hoe. Like, we, I think guys have this weird age. Like, it's right around college in your 20s. Like, how many dudes you slept with? And it's like, whatever number I tell you, you're going to freak out. You're going to freak out. Five, which would mean one man a year since I was 20. I'm 20, at 25. And that somehow, I think our scale is off. And the best is when we ask you, like, who you slept with. Well, I slept with this guy in college. I slept with this guy. What, do you know I slept with Artie Summers. You slept with Artie Summers? Right. Oh, I don't know if I can really see you no more. <laughs> I did the shallowest thing that a man could do to a woman ever. And I'm not shy to admit it. When I was 14, I dated this girl, 15. Oh. And we were kind of in love. She was a cheerleader. And one day I went to a house, Eliza, and I go, what time does your dad get home? And she goes, my dad gets home at 5. And I go, what time does your mom get home? And she goes, my mom died. <gasps> and I looked at her like, what could you have done? Like, at that time, I didn't know anybody whose mother who died. Right. Like, what could you have done that your mother died? Like, the, like the, she did it? What do you mean? Like, on the you? fucking way home, Eliza, I was so shallow as a young man that I was like, what did that girl do? Because it's a very Catholic way to think about yeah, it. Yeah, like, what did she do that she didn't have a mother? That's insane. Right, that she didn't have a, a mother. A year later, I found my mother on the floor. Oh, my God. Dead. And as I was picking her up, I thought about that girl. And... Uh, just recently, 40 years later, I found her on Facebook and I apologized to her because I basically broke up with her after that day. Before my mother died, I broke up with her. I'm like, I don't want to be around somebody who doesn't have a fucking mother. Really? Like, I was like, what can you have done? Like, you really thought it was her or like she's like feral because she has no family now? I thought she was like family. I thought it was she was crazy. I just didn't know what to think, Eliza. It was, I was just so far, you were so far removed from it. I was it. so far removed it's such from such a it. foreign like, thing. How can you not have a mother? What did you do in your previous life okay. that you don't have a mother? And two years later, you said that I got, I didn't, I, I didn't have the heart oh, to say it. Oh, you just thought it and you left. I just thought it, broke up with it, left it for this girl named Valerie McNeil. <laughs> and a year later, I, I didn't hear my mother in the kitchen. I went down and as I was finding my mother, I remember dialing 911 and thinking of Colleen. Oh, my God. And going, how shallow was I? That What did I do now? Nothing. The answer is nothing. Nothing. You're 14. But it's the same thing. We right. have, just to go back to the answer, just data. If you love her, if it's true love, Mike, who gives a fuck? When you eat a pussy, you taste some other <laughs> dick for like six months, and then you move on. No big deal. It tastes like condom for the first six months. Uh, and that's the most <laughs> delicate way to put it. All right, well, you brought this up. Uh, Dabmoiselle says, question for the fucking Dr. Diaz. How do you learn to live with the grief from losing your parents? You never do. You never learn. You will never, I have gotten so many calls the last five years from my friends growing up re-apologizing for the death of my mother after they lost a loved one. Because they're like, I'm 48 and I'm having a hard time. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with it at 16? Like, right. my father died at three, right. and that just destroyed me. Like, that took me years to recover. And then my best friend died at 13, my mother died at 15, and my other best friend drowned at 16. So I had all, like, now today, somebody dies, I just send you flowers. I really don't want to go to the funeral parlor because it brings up 30 years Your of, whole life. Of, of, of my whole life. Everyone's dead. You never, you'll never get over the death of your parents. All I can tell you, it's like eating food without salt on it the rest of your life. Oh. Think of eating food with no salt on it. Because when you do win that Academy Award, your parents ain't there. Oh, I'm going to get sad. When, when you do get sentenced for 50 years <laughs> for raping Harvey Weinstein, your parents are not there. So there's a pro and a con. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the shit. They don't like have to you, see you. You raped Harvey Weinstein. You oh, know? my God. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with 
someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. This is insane. The next question is, and I hate your screen names, Ianotti, whatever. At Ianotti says, have you ever had, and this is directed at me, but I'm going to direct it at you because it'll be better if you answer it. Have you ever had a Harvey Weinstein dilemma while rising in the business? If so, how did you handle it? Obviously, you're asking that for me. I'm assuming like, oh, did you ever a guy ask you to fuck him? But I'm asking you as a guy, did you ever have to deal with someone wanting something from you? Or just a situation somewhat similar to that. Maybe you were in that backyard and you left or just anything in that vein. I, I mean, no woman would want to sleep with me. She'd be crazy to sleep with me for something like that. But when I get that, did get to the store, there was a girl that would blatantly tell you, if you get me up on stage, I'll suck your dick. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. She was a cute blonde girl. And she would tell you, if you get me on stage, I'll suck your dick. Did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got her on stage in the belly room. Show. How was she? She was great. She was happy. We were friends after that. Wow. And I never mentioned it to nobody, and she never said nothing. I think it's insane that she that other comics have the pull. That you have to suck Mitzi's dick or the booker. Right. But if you did it. Well, how many? Listen, let's be honest yeah. with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, 30 years ago. It was it, the comedy store was a den of sex. Sure, it was and the seventies. In the seventies, the eighties, it was a den of sex. Sure, and it was kind of Harvey Weinsteinish, mm-hmm. and you know, Kennison was having fucking people's wives in front right. of them, and so uh, no, for me, 
I didn't like the. I'd rather just tell you, Eliza, you look tremendous. What's the chances <laughs> you let me eat your ass? And you can either smack me or say, you know, Joey, you have a way with words. Right. But I don't believe in tricking women. No, no tricking. Especially since my best friends are women. Mm-hmm. I'm a big guy and I'm kind of scary guy, but <laughs> I get along better with women. I didn't know you for many years because there were some years you kind of weren't at the store and then everybody loves this guy, Joey, and you don't, you look scary. You know, you've got like a tough guy look. Right. Like you'd be like, an, you know, and you were out of nowhere. You treated me like we'd been friends forever. You were just nice to me. And now I'm like, oh, that's Uncle Joey. There are certain guys, you know, like men have like a scary look. Some guys just do. And you look like a tough guy, like an extra in like a gangster movie. And then you're just like the biggest bear, like the sweetest guy. No, I guy. love women. And you're so nice and you're never, you're not creepy. And maybe it's that East Coast familiarity that I find so endearing because I have had male comics confess some like gross things to me. And I'm like, okay, didn't need to hear that. We'll never fuck you. Have a great day. I make more than you. Uh, but I find it, you're, it's very avuncular. It's very sweet. You're not, there's not a threat. If no, I can say that I, in a way that doesn't. My mother raised you. me. My mother, I was a single, my mom was a single mom. She was hot. <laughs> and she would tell me, go up to Eliza and tell her how beautiful her shoes are. Right. And I would go, I don't want her. And she goes, you fucking go up to her and tell her, I'm knocked the fuck out of you right here. <laughs> go up and make her day. Oh. My mother told me to make a woman's day. My mother taught me to never, if a woman cooks for you, never tell her the meal is bad. No, yeah. Uh, one day my mother uh, caught a lady, a mom, giving us cookies, and I just turned around. My mother shot down the stairs, smacked me, and said, go back and tell that woman that's the best cookie you've ever had and because she put time and energy into yeah. that. A week before my mother died, I didn't call her on the hour. My mother had a rule. I had no... Since the age of 10, I didn't have a curfew. Right. My mom would say, if you're the Liza's, just call me every hour on the hour. Yeah. That's all you have to do. So 2 o'clock a.m., I would have to call her. I'm not the Liza's. What time are you going to come home? 3. If you don't come home at 3, call me again. And on that, maybe 10 days before she died, I didn't call her after 4. And I walked in like at 6. And she smacked me in the face. And the next morning she goes, someday you're going to have a wife. I don't give a fuck what you do, but you're going to give her the respect and you're going to call her every hour on the hour and tell her where you are. Even if you're getting your dick sucked. (laughs) I want you to call her every hour on the hour and have that much respect for her. Oh, yeah. My mom spoke like that. My mom, like I would tell my mom, I don't want to eat cereal. My mom was would go, I don't like sucking dick, but somebody's got to do it. I was like seven, and I would sit there and go, what are you talking about sucking dick? Why are you telling me this? What are you telling me this for? I didn't know what it was. What is it? I didn't even know what it was. Right. So she always raised me to be a little bit more uh, partial to women. This woman's going to help you. She once told me something. She goes, you can't fuck everybody. Like She goes, you got to make women your allies. Wiser words have never been spoken. Yeah, you can't fuck everybody. So you got to make women your allies. So as a young kid, I had Gina Giacona was my ally. I had Gina Ritchie as my... I had all these girls growing up that I would walk home with them. And they knew that my mom... It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Like I always... The people and the kid, the girls I grew up with in grammar school, we all still talk. Mm -hmm. I go to play Gotham November 7th, and November 6th we all go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. at a Chinese restaurant, 16, 17 of us that went to grammar school together. Wow. And it's mostly a lot of girls just telling stories. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I finger-banged a bunch of them <laughs> and sucked titties behind the church. You know me. I'm a real Catholic. <laughs> but <laughs> I did. It's such an emotional roller coaster. I'm like, wow, really getting to some deep stuff about his mom. <laughs> and then, <that. laughs> uh, But that's why you're so great. Um, but, yeah, it's a good way to keep them. Um, yeah, because the men. I do believe men and women can be friends. I think only Neanderthals think that they can't. And maybe you do have to get some sexual tension out of the way, or maybe you do just like a person because of what they are. No, I like women for genuinely, and I want you to know that I got your back. I do know that, and I want you to know that you can walk out naked, and I won't look. I have I have uh, two friends Thank that you. pose naked. Yes, I have one friend who posed in Playboy legitimately. 
Mm-hmm. And I have another one that did woman-on-woman pornography. Go on. And they're my friends. And I've never looked at their stuff. Oh. One friend of mine is 20-year women. Uh, we've been friends for 20 years. And I've never looked at a spread in Playboy. Hmm. And people had brought it to me at shows. Yeah. And actually opened it up and had me sign it. And I go, I'll sign the cover. But I don't want to see her naked. That's That's decent. I That's don't decent. Wanna, that keeps our friendship intact. Because if I do look and she's got a nice monkey, then monkey! there is going to be sexual tension. Do you a know nice what I'm saying? Monkey! If she's got a nice little blonde monkey, I'm going to go, Jesus, I need that. No one has a blonde monkey. <laughs> That's for sure. Next question. Uh, next question. Oh, here. This one's interesting. I think this is a weird one. A rose <coughs> by any other flame says, what's the best way? And again, some of these are for me, but I think it's better if you answer them. What's the best way to flirt with a guy when you have zero skills? A woman is asking this. She says, please help. Now, I can start this by saying, you don't have to have any game. You're the girl. You already plucked and shaved and put on a little bit of makeup, and you're cute. I'm assuming you're cute. Every woman has game. Exactly. Even Adrian, Rocky's retarded wife, (laughs) had fucking game. There was a little game to her. We have to... She was standoffish. That was her game. Yeah, we have to... I love shy women. I love torturing a shy woman. See, I I don't think that's right. When I see an outspoken woman, they're easy. Right. A shy one is the one I want to make laugh. Define shy. Shy. Because there's vulnerable and scared, and then there's just... As soon as I walk in a room, I could tell a woman who feels uncomfortable... Uh... You know, I could just see their vulnerabilities, and I'll say something to them to fucking knock them off their chair. Just to make them laugh. Just to make them laugh. Because I want to make it clear, because you're talking about two different things, because I always say the men that want vulnerable, shy ones are predators. But you're saying, as a comic, you're like, that's the tougher one. You want to make that one crack. I got on a plane a couple weeks ago, and there was an African-American stewardess who was a real knockout. Mm -hmm. And when she came up to me, I said, listen, just to make this uncomfortable... After I saw you, I'm ripping the Beyonce poster down. And she just looked at me and broke down in fucking tears, like laughing and going, I really needed that. I was having a bad day. Knowing that you'll be jerking off to her later. Not even close. Instead of Beyonce? Not even close. (laughs) I just said it to her. Right. Because maybe I look at a woman and maybe she does need some. I could tell by looking at a woman when she left the house, maybe she had an argument with her husband. Maybe she stepped on dog shit on the way out the door. Right. And I got to catch you with something that's going to go, you know, Joey, you're a fucking motherfucker, but you just made me laugh. Okay. You made my day, you cocksucker. That's what you, but that's what that's you're going. What you want to make someone's for. day. It's not I about. Make somebody's day. No. You want to make them laugh. Yeah. So when I see a shy woman, it's it arouses me more than an outspoken woman. Oh, well, there's no hope for me and my ilk, but. Yeah. No, no, no. You're tremendous. You're a. <laughs> You, I was watching you on stage one night, and I'm like, she's a fucking prowler. When you had that <laughs> yeah. short haircut for a while, <laughs> yeah, and you'd wear those little boots and you wouldn't tighten them, <laughs> like you'd let the flaps go loose and your <laughs> jeans would be tight. One night I watched you on stage, and I'm like, she's a fucking lion. <laughs> like you were walking sideways and looking at That sounds like me. I was like, this is fucking tremendous. Up until the sideways part, I was like, was that me? Yep. And I remember thinking about you going up to you that night and going, can I talk to you, Miss Schlesinger? And you were going to come up to me very nicely and say, what can I do for you? And I was going to say, look, a word on the street is I got a big set of balls. But if I took them out and put them on the table, you go put them away, son. I got you covered. Like, that's (laughs) what you showed me on stage that night. That you had bigger balls than a man. And that's why I'm in love with you right now. Thank you. That's why I respect you. That's why I drove down to this podcast. Yes. Because you're not shy. No. Um, You know what? I'm I'm all about, I'm not shy. I'm all, like, I would never start a fight. And I don't even know if I would finish it, but I will escalate it. One thing about comedy I really like is that I get challenged by women. I could name four women comics right now. But if I took my nutsack out and put them on the table, Four women would say, you better put those away. You don't want to see what I'm hanging between my legs. I, I think it would almost be and all you're one women. of those women. <laughs> yeah. You're one of those women in comedy that I have thank you. the utmost respect well, for you, thank you because you've been thrown into a lion's den. You, 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 the worst thing in the world for a woman is the best thing in the world for a woman. 
yeah. is to be it's the young sister of the eight brothers. Uh, she's going to get the shit knocked out of her every fucking day. But by the time she's 13, there's no fear. I could tell an Irish chick. Like, give me a Jersey Irish chick that's had six brothers. That bitch will fuck your world up. I think just being from Jersey, she'll no, fuck your world up. No, no, <laughs> You remember Katie at the store, the uh, waitress that was crazy from Boston? Maybe. I saw a guy run out a tab on her <gasps> one night, and I saw Katie flip her fucking shoes off and chase the guy up the Hyatt parking lot, tackle him, and started hitting him, and took the wallet out and took her money on a Saturday night. Good for her. And I was like, and when she came back, I go, how many brothers you got? She's like, I got four brothers. (laughs) I go, I knew it. I see a tough girl. Oh, man. And it's the same with comedy. Yeah. I think the comedy store, it's it's like swinging with two bats. Like the original room. And I didn't have to put up with as much shit as a lot of women just because of what I was able to do at a younger age. Like I was headlining at like 26. So you're not beholden to these guys deciding what your path is going to be. But it's still tough. It's still, there's different cliques and clubs, and all you can do is you go in, you do your set, you don't take any shit, but you're nice. I'm always nice to people. I always treat people, because men or women, you still want to be seen. We're still humans. But there, it's a toughness. And after going, there's certain things that you have the privilege of going through in life, or once you get through those career-wise or whatever, nothing can hurt you. Nothing can hurt you. Like, your, your mother died, right? What's worse than that? Nothing. Nothing. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of th- really. You think so? Yeah. Well, other no, people dying. No. Well, at that age, I thought it was the end of my world. When my dad died, I thought it was the end of my. I didn't even comprehend death when my dad died. But it's. Uh, I've learned to live with it. Let's take it to a lighter place. Like if you bomb, right, or you have a tough set, I always leave those sets feeling a little bit more bulletproof. I'm like, wow, I just walked yeah. the fire. Next time won't be so hard. If I could get through that set, that gig, that weekend, that audience, I, uh, you're, you're, it's, you've, you, you've strengthened yourself. Absolutely. And I think the store is that. Absolutely. I always liken it to like an abusive boyfriend. You're like, I can't get away from him. I love him so much, but I need this. It's like you, like it's a mental condition. Yes. You're like, but I need this. I love him so much, but he hurts. <laughs> he hurts me so much. <laughs> How many nights a week do you go to the store if you are in town for the week? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You, I don't do Mondays or Sundays. So if you're not working on the road, you will go down five nights in a row. I will call in for that, but like if I'm like tomorrow, I've got to go somewhere at 630 in the morning, so I won't call in. But it's usually like four or five I'll put in for it just for the batting practice. I used to do seven. Like I would call and host on Sundays. Because Mitzi didn't like if you called midweek. Right. She thought you were a prima donna. So she wanted you to call coast to coast, which was Sunday to Sunday. Now I can only do two or three sets a week because I got the baby at eight. Also, do that weird thing where you call in Monday and then Tuesday they let you know just till Thursday. I'm like, really? You can't just say Saturday? I've got to, like, just hold on to the rest of my plans. All right, so here's another question for you. Sorry, so well, you didn't answer it, though. You said every girl's got game. That's your answer. That's your definitive Every answer. girl's got game. They just don't know it. Just smile. Just smile. And be yourself. Or if you don't want to smile, and that's being yourself, because the feminists will get angry at that. Meg.Rex underscore Tiff says, to both of us, what makes you feel most alive, the most love? Is idealism a waste of time? That is very deep. And it sounds like you were going through something when you wrote that question. What makes you feel the most alive? What's idealism? Idealism is just like the idea that you want something in its perfect form. Like an idealist, like in my perfect way, it would be this perfect all the time. And what's the other thing? Let's just do the first part of it. What makes you feel most alive and the most loved? 55 years old. At this point, what makes you feel? Just being at home with my daughter, the cats. How many cats? And my wife, six. You have six cats? I used to have nine. Okay. Because we had to save them. Right. From the yard. They kept getting killed by the father cat. So I have a Siamese and... It's really weird how before I leave the house, two of them always by the door, and I make sure I touch them. But my perfect utopia would just be sitting at home watching World News tonight with David Muir, with my family, 
Yeah. That's the happiest point of my life when we're together and I'm tickling her feet and then yeah. we'll watch something else. But that changes every 10 years. Because 20 years ago, my utopia was doing comedy at the store seven nights a week. Right. You know, so it, it, it changes what your utopia is. What would you feel the happiest? That's it. Well, it sounds like you, and this probably could be applied to anyone, it changes with your priorities. Right. That was your priority was that doing was comedy. Now your family is. My priority. I would say a similar thing because I love doing, you know, you get off stage and you're like, fuck, I can I pull a it. Mack truck with my teeth. But I race home to open a club soda, sit on the couch with my husband and watch Frasier and check my phone. <laughs> That's it. That's all I wanted to do That's every it. night. It's the simplest things. Yeah. And it's the simplest things that keep you balanced in our world. We live in a shitty world. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. This is a week-to-week -week world. One month, your emotions could be high. The next month, Netflix don't want to talk to you. The Netflix, you know, it's mm -hmm. such a... So I think what keeps you... You know what I do? I talk to my friends every morning that I grew up with. Mm. I go back to sixth grade friends. Yeah. And I got them on rotation. Because you can't call the same one all the you time. You can't call the right. same one every time. They don't know. They don't understand. So yesterday, I heard Snowblind by Black Sabbath. And I thought of my friend uh -huh. Didi. And I called him, I remember Didi, remember when we were 15 and we cut through the cemetery and we took our shirts off and snorted some coke and laid on a cemetery bin, like getting snow blind in the sun. Like, that's how dumb I was as a kid. But <laughs> I still called Didi and checked in with him. So by me talking to Didi, when I bump into Rob Schneider, uh -huh. it's no big fucking deal. I spoke to Didi today. Right. You know, well, it makes you, it's it's home. Yeah, I talk to all, every day I talk to a different kid I grew up with. That's nice. And we tell a story, we giggle about a story. Well, there's also, there's something to that. I always think, I always feel like I'm floating, like I'm not attached to anything. And then you you talk to a friend or something and they tell you something about yourself that, like even the thing you said to me about the boots and the short hair, when people say things about me from the past, I always think, oh, my God, like you saw me because this is the kind of business that will instill in you the idea that you don't matter and nobody's watching. And then somebody comes up and they said, oh, I was in Afghanistan when you came with the USO. I was at that club in the in the 90s when you played that or I remember this from high school and that touched me. And you're like, oh, my God, I had no idea that anybody was fucking paying attention to me ever. I honestly feel like I was born yesterday. I don't know if you feel that way. Sometimes. But when people reach out like that, if my best friend Michelle, when I get to talk to her, because we don't have to talk about show business because she doesn't work in show business, no. and we can just be awful or amazing or just say horrible things, and you kind of get that meeting of the minds, and it's like a little slice of whatever was your home, whatever was your comfort, and you can't get that with everyone else. I feel that way with Jody Miller. She's a comic at the store. Uh, and there's, like, certain comics you come up with that no one else came up with. Like, you and I didn't come up at the same time. And somebody brought up this comic the other day, and I was like, fuck. And the guy, like, he doesn't live here anymore, and he was a total weirdo. And I was like, only Jody would remember this person. And that joy of calling her. And it's like your cocaine story and being like, do you remember so-and-so? He said he wanted to take a platonic bath with me. She's like, oh, my God, I remember that weirdo. And you have, in that moment, the universe is saying... Somebody went through that with you. Like you existed. Right? Yeah. So those things, those are the kind of things. Little reminders that you existed and mattered to someone. I think it's one of the one of the only things you can hope for in this lifetime. Well, you exist to me. I know that I've been watching. It was funny because before I had met you, I was intimidated to go up to you. So but we funny. had a mutual friend named Dan from the Bray Improv. The, the manager? The manager really loved you to death. Oh, my God. And he would always talk to me about you, and I'd ask him questions about you. And he'd say, well, look at Eliza. She won last comic standing, and yeah. she's doing this. Maybe you should try this. So we always used you oh, so as funny. a reference point. This is way before I met you. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know how I came up to you and spoke to you. I was very intimidated by you. That's so funny to me. Because I had come from a different generation, but at the end of the week, I really, I respect all comedians, mm -hmm. but I have, again, I'm a little bit more partial to comedy store guys. Yeah. Because we're in it together. I've known 
a thousand comics that have gone into the comedy store and looked at me and said, I think there's something wrong with you that you're doing spots at this dark. There's definitely place. something wrong with you. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I just seen who it produced. I seen what kind of comics go in there and what they come out when they after a couple of years in there, your confidence levels. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I'm really swinging for the fences because of the comedy store. Yeah. I made a constant decision not to go anywhere else anymore. Yeah. Well, why why bother? I'm not going anywhere else no more. No, it's the it's the place to be. Um, and I'm busy. That's where everybody's going. You know, I'm busy. I have the child. And if I'm going to... Metal sharpens metal. You guys hear that? Metal sharpens Truckers, metal. Metal sharpens metal. So if I'm running with metal, I'm only going to get better. When I got to go up in a lineup that's got you, Sebastian, Chris D'Elia, Bobby Lee, Rogan, Ron White, Mm -hmm. Eric Griffin, then I got to go up there to quarter to 11. That's seven. And I went and I tried to watch. Yeah. I always, my favorite thing you is. You do to, watch. I've noticed that. I you do go watch. I to the comedy store. I like to get high <laughs> and sit in the back row and watch. I don't want to be talked to. I don't uh -huh. want to have any questions. I just want to watch each comedian. Yeah. And watch their growth. And it gets me thinking. Oh, I think that's great. I love sitting in Mitzi's row. Uh huh. And watching an hour of comedy without getting bothered. Wow. Like I'm in that chair and I'm just fucking focused on your movements, your elbows, why you touched your neck. Right. I, I learned. Wow. You're not going to do that in any other club in L.A. Well, that's no. That's never going to happen. No, this is. So that's why I, whenever I go to the store, I try to go an hour earlier. Wow. And I sit in the back. Wise words. I can't even say that I follow that, but that is you know, artists that watch other artists to get you better. You have to. And I do think with lineups like that, like everybody, there's to. a chunk on those lineups where you're like, everyone's a mass murderer. Everybody. So many bodies on the floor. <laughs> and you have to look and go, wow, that's what I want to aspire to. I like, oh, I... To, I like to be able to write a joke like, like her. I like to be able to write a joke like him. See, I think you're so funny. What I think you have is likability. Everybody likes you, and young men love you. You have to. They love, but you can't buy that. No. Like, you just are that, and they just go, I, 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 when I did your podcast, and you're smoking pot, and you're eating edibles, and I, I, I was like, I like him. I have no idea how to exist in this space. I don't, I don't eat edibles no more. Whatever. Okay, fine. Fair I enough. Quit. He doesn't eat edibles just no more. Just smoke pot. That's but it. you're so authentically yourself. All the time. And that's part of that is uh, being a comic. Part of that is being a tough guy from the East Coast. Part of that is with age. You know, you kind of, you're like, this is what it is. And nobody can tell you anything. But you are very willing to listen, which I think is a very admirable quality. You have. A very evolved quality. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. 
Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So two last questions because you have a daughter. So, and I just got married. So Lena Bortnick says advice for someone who's about to get married. Now, usually women get asked this, but I feel like you'll have. I got the best advice. I'm ready. I got married twice. Okay. The first time I got married for all the wrong reasons. The second time it took me nine years to propose to her. Mm -hmm. And it took me nine years to realize what I had. And the differences between the marriages are, yes, the age. I was a fucking moron at 25. Yeah. If you want me to lie to you, I thought a woman, I thought when we got married, we fucked, you did laundry and you cooked, and I went out and made money to support us. That's not marriage. Mm -hmm. If that's what you think marriage is, quit right now. Marriage is a team. Mm -hmm. And I became successful when I started running things by my wife. As much because she's an accountant. Oh, I'm the whore. <laughs> you follow me? I'm the fucking whore. She's the accountant. So once we became a team, everything changed. Mm. It took me nine years for us to become a team. For mm. four years, I was an addict, and I wasn't a team player. And then when I was shooting the longest yard after mm -hmm. in 2004, we were together four years. My call time was at five. In Huntington Beach, and I would get up at three, and my uniform would be laid up on the couch with breakfast. Mm. That's uh, uh, not a lot of women would do that, and she had to be at work at seven. Right. And I remember driving down there and going, "I got to get my life together because of this woman." I stopped doing cocaine because I said, "I can't have her find me on the floor." Right. I could have an animal woman find me on the floor, like some chick that, you know, <laughs> that does blow or some chick that just doesn't care. Right. If she finds me, it was horrible, but a year later she'll be sucking somebody else's dick. <laughs> I'm talking about a woman. Animal when you, woman. When you consider a woman your team mate, yeah. it's a complete different marriage. It's a given. When I, and I've got to tell you something. I didn't like my first wife. You know, I have a 27-year-old daughter I don't have contact with today. So everything that happened to me, I got a second chance. Mm. Like I said, I didn't, I got married for the sense of somebody to fuck and somebody to do laundry right. and somebody to split the bills with. Marriage is a team. And when you give everything you got to that person and that person, how can you fail at marriage? How <laughs> can you fail at a marriage? It is the most <laughs> simplest social thing that we have. Right. So when you fail at a marriage, you're really a fucking loser. <laughs> oh when I see somebody who says to me, I've been married three times, just shoot yourself. Because you're a fucking loser. You're a fucking loser. Dad, don't listen to my podcast. No, I'm sorry, Dad. But it's true. You tried to, you, you made a commitment to three people that you couldn't cover the fucking spread. I'm going to steal that. How can I make a commitment to you and right. not be able to cover the spread? So it's in sickness, through in health. Right now, I have a friend that the husband looks, he's worse than me. And this chick is a fucking 12. Okay. You know where she is right now today? She's at Cedar Sinai. He's getting a 12-hour fucking surgery. Right. She didn't marry him. Like, if you look at him, you're like, this chick married him for his money. 
She loved them. She called me last night at one in the morning crying. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know how she's going to make it. That's a team. Right. So when I get out of here, I'm going to call her and check on her day and see what she's doing. If she needs flowers, that's a team. That's a team. That's a team. It's through sickness and in health. Not because Eliza got the Tonight Show and I did (laughs) fuck you, Eliza. You know what I'm saying? Like I would ever marry a comic. Yeah. Like that's the biggest (laughs) mistake you would make. So. It's, I, it's tough, too, especially hearing a comic say that because we are not team players. No, we're not team players. I, I'm not it. I mean, yeah, that's tough. Okay, so that is your advice. Advice for someone about to get married, Lena, Bortnick. It's a team sport. Get in. Get in. Get in or Co- stay the fuck out. Stay the fuck out and cover the spread. And cover the spread. Ending on a light note, and this is one road comic to another. Uh, oh, actually, you know what I'm asking? Because you, you smoke pot. You're, yes. like, you're, like, you're a pot person. I think about death a lot, so I'm not a pot person. Jeffrey Rowe says, will 100 milligrams of edibles put me on the moon? I know Uncle Joey does more. He doesn't eat edibles anymore. He wants to know you that. Yes, 100 edibles, 100 milligrams would put you on the moon. Would that kill you? What's the- No, but you might have to call the hospital because you might get in a regular heartbeat. You know, it's it's uh, a lot of people can't handle that uh Anxiety. It's a different form of anxiety. I think this person is asking an asshole question. I think 100 milligrams of anything, vitamin C, is bad for you. But if you take a 1,000 milligram edible, take a Xanax with it. And tame, oh the, and tame the tiger. You know what I'm saying? Tame the tiger. Tame the tiger. You or just tame falsely, the tiger. Yeah. Tame the tiger. Welcome back to Tame the Tiger. I'll give you another weed question since we have you, and then we'll ask you one question about the road. Uh, this person says, Ryan Danger Carlson at MadFlavors underscore world. I don't know how I wrote that. What do you think is the future of weed? What do you think the future of weed is? Vapes and edibles and stuff is kind of leveling out in terms of evolution. Where do we go next? Do you have any I, fucking clue? I think that the, these young kids are making marijuana stronger and stronger. Yeah. I spoke to a scientist about a month ago. Mm-hmm. He contacted me. And he's got this thing that's like, two. it's 98% THC. Like, it's just going to evolve. Like but, wax? Like a wax or some oh. shit. It'll get smaller like, and more condensed. Yeah, I don't like smoking anything but marijuana. Right. Like, I don't smoke the the thing with the blowtorch. Crack? No, the other thing. They, they, they have this thing now that you smoke oh, it's, weed uh-huh. and spoons and sure. shit. My wife sees a blowtorch, it's all over. It's too complex. I can't have a blow. Once you do, once you, if you need a blowtorch, <laughs> just do heroin. Just get heroin if you need a blowtorch. So, but the power of weed is growing. Mm-hmm. Like I go to a place and they just sold me twenty nine percent THC content. Mm-hmm. So every year it's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger, and you know you just got to be careful. Got to be careful because it's an you intense know, thing. Yeah, it's intense. I'm not a. I can't. I want to because everybody enjoys it so you much. Drink. I, I'll drink but less since I got married because I'm like we all know what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, and also I don't know. I'm a girl, so I'm always like, well, how gross am I going to feel? But pot, my brother grows it. He has a, a weed farm in Northern California, has a whole operation. And I just, I think about death a lot and I get in my own head. I already am that way. Why do you think about death so much? Probably because, you know what? I have to be honest now hearing you talk about how all these people are dead in your life. Maybe because I haven't had to deal with it. So there's that fear. I don't know. Like my grandma died, but, you know, like that's normal. I think about death and existence and... Uh, not an existential debate of like, do I exist or not? But I do wonder about that. Just things. It gets too, it's too, it's not fun. And then if you think about jokes, I'm like, oh, I've got to write this down now. Like, I would like to have an experience where I'm just chill and giggling and I don't trust that it will go that way. Does that make sense? Right. Like, you're like, I smoke pot and I sit in the back and I watch comics and I don't trust that I would have that same experience. We, We were out the other night. Played a show in Highland Park, and I we hadn't been out in a while. And I was like, we're going to the east side, and I found this this pot. Like, it was like a, I've never had a cigarette in my life, but it was pot in a cigarette. So it looked like a cigarette. And I was like, we are going to go out to the show. I'm going to do my show. I always do them 100% sober. And we're going to smoke this weed, and then we're going to go out on the east side and have a date night. We go behind the building. I finish my set. I, I take – I think because it was shaped like a cigarette, it enabled you to do more than you would because it was so easy to do it. I took maybe six hits off of this, and I looked at my husband, and I was like, we have to go home right now. Like, one low rider went by with, like, bass that upset me, and I was like, we have to get in the car now. I was like, my teeth feel weird in my mouth. Like, I just had to. Like, date night was over. 
I had to go home. Does he smoke? Not really. He'll take like a hit of weed at the end, yeah. but we're not. I, I think I like, yeah, I don't know. I just think, I don't know. Nobody Do what wants you me. like. Don't worry about nothing. I like club soda and Frasier. Speaking of things that we like, this is the last question before we do Top of the Cob. On the road in America, Stefan underscore NJ asks, what's the first chain one can hit up without eating literal garbage crap food? You're a road comic. You've been doing this forever. What's a good go-to chain? Or maybe you do like garbage food. No, I don't. Uh, Go-to chain. Chewy's. The Mexican restaurant? Yeah. Okay. I loved them. I just went to Nashville and I saw one. Tasty. Fucking, and they got great ones in uh, Austin. Okay. Houston. That's the answer. Oh, I love that place. At Chewy's, send us some free shit. Send Uncle Joey some free shit. Oh, they're delicious. Wednesday, they got the Elvis chicken. Oh, you know the whole thing. Oh, on Monday, they got sour cream and chicken enchiladas. And they got swirled margaritas. You've memorized the whole lineup. Oh, my God. They got the, I hate ranch dressing. Okay. If you eat ranch, shoot yourself. <laughs> but the jalapeno ranch dressing at Chewy's <laughs> is to fucking die for. Okay, that's the official endorsement. Chewy's. Chewy's. Um, what's my call for? You know what? I hate to say Chipotle. If we're talking about like not garbage and you could just get chicken. And I have eaten my fair share of turkey sandwiches from Subway. I've also made dinners out of vending machine items. Sometimes beggars can't be choosers. It's now time for my favorite part of the show. It's Top of the Cob. Hit it, Scott. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Top of the cob. My top of the cob this week is, this is so gross, and this is an old habit from when I used to live alone, but I like to order like $100 worth of Thai food delivered to my house on a Monday and then just nibble off of it as the week goes on like it's my groceries. It's, it sounds disgusting, but it's a low—what is everybody laughing? Is it laughing because it's funny or is something happening? It's a low-maintenance way to live. It's tasty. And you've supplied yourself with nourishment for one price at one time. You don't have to cook or anything. And Thai food is good, hot or cold. And it is, it is healthy for Some you. Pad Thai shrimp is a motherfucker. <laughs> From toy? Oh, my God. All of it. Tasty. I don't, I don't like the coconut milk and all that shit. Oh. But I do like the pad thai shrimp, so I'm not going to Pad thai all day. Extra peanuts. All day. And extra lime. peanuts and lime. And yeah. lime. What is your top of the cob? Top of the cob was I had a great time at the Dodger game with my family and Eddie and the kids and parents. The thing I disliked was we put a picture up of me and Eddie just giggling and our wives and kids. And people started going, well, you could have got better seats. And I'm like. Ew. What type? When is there something wrong with us just being human? Does it? Is it everything about the best seats in the house to be? Sometimes I like to sit in the fourth deck and be a regular human being. It's yeah. the same reason why I go to jujitsu and kickboxing because I'm the fat guy in the back of the room. I'm not Joey Diaz. I'm sweating, and people don't want to take pictures. Not everything has to be. Not everything the best has the best. to be the best. You know. Oh, yeah. I like being normal from time to time. Uh-huh. And I really hate it. I, the other thing I hated was how they, they, they job shamed the guy from Cosby. Oh, this is a you big know, bottom of the cob. Big bottom of the cob yeah. because there's nothing wrong with us working. For, for those of you who are unaware, it was I'm blanking on his name, but he was an actor on the Cosby show. And he was spotted bagging groceries at Trader Joe's. And people shit on the fact that as an actor, God forbid, you should ever do something else to feed your family. And I really appreciate that. Listen, how many comics do you know, Eliza, that started before you and they're still doing open mic shows? And have real jobs. And now, I don't, I'm not mad at them. I do not mad at them. I, 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 I applaud them. But at what point do you say to yourself, you know what? I'm not sitting around waiting for additions. I got to feed my family. Right. Let me go to Whole Foods. That's what people don't understand about this business. Yeah. That a lot of times, you know, you were on a hit sitcom for eight years. Nobody wants to see you for at least five. Go take fucking guitar lessons and go take a (laughs) yoga class because they don't want to see you. Right. And if you do get put on this show, the show's going to get canceled just because of the karma. So go do something else. Do real estate. Work Sorry. on your roller skating, and then in three years, <laughs> tell your agent to send you out again, and they'll right. put you on a show again. Right. But it's tough after you've been on a hit show. I don't think it was because Cosby did that that he's not working. Well, it's definitely not getting any residuals right. now right. because of that. 
but for whatever reason, and he's doing the adult thing. People need jobs. People need jobs. Nah, that that was my pet peeve. For That's the a way. good bottom of the cob. Yeah, you do top of the cob and the bottom of the cob. Yeah. Uh, my bottom of the cob is um less human, more anger filled. Yours is very sweet. Uh, mine is what a tire fire, LAX has become. I don't know if it's the summer. I don't know if it's construction. I don't know if it's because the airport is based on a blind child's drawing contest, but it is. 45 minutes just to get in line to get into the airport. It makes me want to set myself on fire, and it makes our jobs as comics even harder. And it's going to get harder when the football teams are here. Oh, my God. Who asked for this? (coughs) So we're only going to be able to work non-football season because every Sunday the 405 is going to be jammed up both ways. That means I've got to come home at 6 a.m. That means you got to fucking take a red eye, which don't exist anymore. Which don't exist going back to the West Coast. don't exist. you got to beat the tailgaters. If we're even smart enough to go see the Rams play, which we probably won't we be. We won't. I no. Don't know. I don't give a fuck. They'll so. be gone. They'll be gone. All right. Well, this was, you guys, the best, the, one of the best episodes we've done so far. He's Joey Diaz on Twitter. See, I always think it's disrespectful when hosts are like, tell us where we can find you, because that means they didn't, they didn't, they didn't know. Work. So I'm going to endorse you, because it's better if someone else does you got it. got it. Twitter, at MadFlavor. He's a lot of fun on Twitter. He speaks his mind. Uh, and his dates coming up. You're touring all over. JoeyDiaz.net. And The Church of What Happening Now is available on iTunes. That's it. And that is your hit podcast. And you're Joey Coco Diaz, and you're one of my favorite people. And I love you. I'm I happy you invited me. When you told me you come do my podcast, I was like, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.